0: Three, two, one, and welcome back to the Peak PT Studio podcast with myself, Rich Higgins, Dave Charlton, and Josh Durieff. How are we doing? Hello, are
1: Good. Just so I don't get beaten up, I should change it to David Lewis Charlton.
0: David Lewis Charlton. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was that, did you have to fight over that decision? Nah. Could you, we're you just going to change it to something completely different
1: works well. So I was like, ooh, yeah. it's actually improved on my last name rather Rolls than... off the tongue.
0: Were you tempted to change your first name as well? No. Just, just Self-created. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: just, oh, the, pos- the endless possibilities now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Something other than maybe a Nigel as
1: they're yeah. running out. Nigel. Yeah. Just self-call myself Nigel. Fine, if
0: you make me hyphen my surname, I'm going to call myself Nigel. 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 <laughs> Still works. It does work. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Nigel. Right, Nigel. What are you going to do? Where's Are you going to hyphen Jury F? Or are you gonna, no. You're going to go Jury F? Harding. Harding, Jury F, Jury F, Harding. Harding sounds like quite descriptive, doesn't it? Yeah. It sounds like you're describing the rest of the name. <laughs> it's an adjective. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I think I'll keep it. I'll Harding. Jeff Harding. Jeff Harding, you like, like the Hardy brothers. That's like Max Power. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Harding and Max Power. Anyway, how was everyone's <laughs> weekend? <laughs> how was everyone's weekend? Tangent. Yeah, we'll edit that out. We won't edit it out. <laughs> How's your weekend, Jeff?
2: Yeah, fine, mate. Yeah, yeah. Full of uh, house DOI, loads of running and painting.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Lo- loads of it. Running goes smoothly, nothing happened. No, no issues. Excellent. Nothing to report. Just a nice smooth run. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good man, good man.
2: How was yours? (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, all good. Without the DIY, pretty similar. Loaded cycling on Saturday, uh, running on Sunday morning, and then went and watched the Great South Run, which we had a load of the Run Verity guys doing. Um, And then, well, I mean, there's 20,000 people doing it, so you're just kind of stood watching and then say, oh, I recognise that person, I know that person. Saw a couple of uh, old clients, um, saw a few people that we used to work with, which is pretty cool. Interestingly, off the back of success that we were talking about the other week, I reckon knowing people from sort of what you'd call the pointy end or front end of the race that are running it quite quick to people that are getting through their first 10 miler or running a PB or whatever it might be. I reckon looking at it afterwards and the results, there was far more sort of caveats put by the people that were running at the pointy or the fast end of the race than there was at other points of the race, if that makes sense. So there was more people saying running, you know, sub an hour, which is pretty quick for 10 miles saying, oh, but my legs didn't quite show up or I've been ill this week or, so just to point out that you know, that expectation versus reality thing we talked about the other week. There's a lot, a lot of people running, you know, first time getting through it or running a new PB, taking minutes off their PB, super happy versus people that are, you know, fighting for the top end places and still slightly disappointed with their result despite going incredibly quick around 10 miles. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So I think that expectation, reality and how you deem success was kind of played out i don't it was just anecdotal, obviously in terms of the research. I'm sure there's loads of reasons for it. obviously, as you get towards the point to your end, there's far more variation in what can and can go wrong, um, but yeah, I think there is probably far more enjoyment and positive outlook from people completing the race versus people and racing the race and costumes. loads of costumes, loads of costumes was the
2: one you sure.
0: Uh, there was Andy and uh, the guys from Little Britain. One in a wheelchair.
2: Oh, Matt Lucas' character. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a fireman doing it. That was pretty good. Guy dressed in full riot gear, police riot gear. Um, I want to see someone dress up as Chuck Norris. I to see. A guy dressed up as a robber, had like a DVD player under his arm. Uh, yeah. Oh, the real was, one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Being chased by the person in right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was quite a few good ones. <laughs> quite a few good ones. But yeah, it was a cool event. Really good. Really good. How yeah. about yourself, uh, David Lewis Charlton? What did you get up to over the weekend?
1: Nigel. Uh, good. Normal, normal. No dominoes. Just house stuff. Good man. So, finished off putting in a wardrobe into a wall and then started doing the second one. Woo.
0: Mm. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, topics on this week. Unbelievably, only two episodes in, we've had a, let's call it a fan request. A big fan question.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, a fan question has come in. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit later in the episode about weekend eating. Um, I guess defining that, and we've been chatting a little bit about it before this podcast, but when is it an issue? Is it an issue? Does it correlate with your goals and your time frame. Um, So we're going to look a little bit around that. But we've also been ranting a bit over the weekend about body fat scanners. Um, I think, like, loads of commercial gyms up and down the country have them, don't they? The step-on scale ones. There's all the way up to DEXA scanning where you go and get scanned in a lab, all that kind of stuff. There's the in-body scanners that you stand on now that I think people spend thousands of pounds on, going to get a scan. Um So that's going to be our little Mythbuster segment, I think. And basically, to summarise it, we think they're no good, don't we? Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Why do we think they're no good?
2: Mythbuster Jeff. Mythbuster, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first one's massively, they're just invariable. They're just, yeah. Uh, it's just stabbing in the duck.
0: So inaccurate. Yeah. They're so inaccurate. I think we saw it loads... We used to have one at the gym we used to work at, and just hydration levels. People can vary like minute to minute, let alone day to day.
2: Um, Yeah, the best one's when you see someone just drink a liter of water and tap on it. Oh, look at that, and that's like 2% body fat.
0: So I think generally, even as, yeah, they're they're massively variable on what they measure. Personally, I think, and we were chatting a bit about this on the Saturday classes, I don't know what a body fat scanner can tell you that you can't already see or know yourself from your own eating habits, your own weight, your own fitness levels and strength, etc. in the gym. Um, I don't know that you're going to think, oh, I need to focus on my health a little bit more, go along, get a body fat percentage scan done and go, oh, turns out I'm... Fifteen percent, whatever it might be, I'm fine. I can carry on. The quality of life. Yeah, is just <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> um, so I just don't know what they can tell you, and I, I'd love to know from like other PTs that have them in their studio as well. Ch- ch- Shots fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you see, if you have a client walk in the door, you chat to them, you have a consultation, you see them move, you talk about their lifestyle. What kind of body fat scanner? I'd love to know if they then scan them and change the way that they're gonna train them or change the advice that they're gonna give to them. And that for me, for thousands of pounds worth of scanning, if you get someone in the door, talk to them all through their background, and then you put them on the body fat scanner and go, Oh no, 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 wait, sorry, this has just changed everything I thought I knew (laughs) and changes the way that you train for train them, program them, any methods
2: you use, I don't know. I think for for me, I know that some personal training studios and doesn't trainers use them as a yeah here we go line up um, they use them as a, a as a funnel they use them as a, a magnet they just yeah. come in here we'll give you a free body scanner yeah, yeah. and then it's uh, oh I can get I can get bums on the seats so I think people oh, get sucked cool. yeah mm. I think people get sucked in by i oh, go and get a free scanner oh that's that's a hundred pounds worth of you know free advice which I mean it could be mm. but it also can be like you say misleading mm. Unless they've listened to the podcast and the myth has been busted. They're like, oh,
0: maybe I won't just use that. And even with the relationship with it, I think we talked about the the potential positive turnout of it at some point is you 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 go in and you're like, oh, I'm carrying less body fat inaccurately measured than I thought I was. But on the flip side of that is the emotional response to, I'm going really well, I've lost some weight, I'm strong in the gym. You go and get a scan done and the number isn't what you thought it was, and suddenly you have this emotional reaction to a number on a bit of paper when everything was going fine the day before, you Mm. could be feeling really positive about yourself. Similar to what we talk about with the scales. We use the scales as a unit of measurement, as a data point sometimes, but that's dependent on someone's emotional reaction to it. Some people can use it as a data point, they jump on, they go, huh, that's what it looks like today. We'll track it over months or whatever it might be and have a look at the correlation to their eating, to their strength, and it builds a bit of a picture for us. Some people it does really affect and they jump on the scale and it's the emotional response is doom and gloom and and it's quite heavy. And so in that sense, it's not a good tool and we we wouldn't advise someone use it that way. I think similarly with the body fat scanners personally, I only see the downside. I know people might argue that, are they... Kind of hook people in and show progression over time and this and that. I just I just don't think they're accurate enough, and I also mm. don't think for thousands of pounds, like I don't think they're showing you any more than you could see anyway from good program training progression in the gym and
2: pictures and your budgies,
0: pictures and your budgies exactly.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I think they might have <clears throat> some legitimacy at the very high end. So say for elite boxers where you sort Mm. of have weight categories and you need to drop you might need to drop quite a bit of weight and it's a good way of checking you're not losing muscle mass Mm. whilst you're losing weight, but Mm. at the same time you've probably got a very good coach Mm. who would probably be able to make sure that you're not losing muscle mass by manipulating your protein, your strength training, etc to make sure those numbers aren't going down whilst you're losing body fat so it's i don't think they have a place especially for health and happiness in terms of health and fitness possibly at the top end but even then i think it's an expensive maybe an expensive tool for a lack of experience for a coach yeah. Whereas if that coach has a lot of experience doing the same thing with, with their clientele, they'll probably be able to eyeball, ask questions, dig deeper and find out the answer without mm. that data. Mm. Yeah.
0: I think there, that like, <clears throat> kind of in conclusion to it all, we basically only see the output as negative for the client. Potentially, I don't really see much upside to it. And from a coach's point of view, I don't know what it gives you really. I don't know, because that's generally what you're looking for in terms of feedback from these kind of things. Is okay, then how do I Mm. change and manipulate potentially the training programme or the diet protocol, the nutrition outlay that I've given someone? And I don't see how they help at all. Things that you can't just see with your own eye and from talking to your client. Um, I think if they were perfectly accurate
1: consistently every single time and they give you an accurate representation of, of what's going on, mm. whereas I well, the, well, really don't think that yeah. they do and therefore you don't want to manipulate and change a
0: method that's working, like Rich said, that just because of numbers that are actually inaccurate. Even the DEXA scans, I've seen like wild variabil- variability between DEXA scans at different um, laboratories and places like that. Um, people taking them days apart and see wild variation in the scan so I think even if you're paying and they're kind of hundreds of pounds to go and get a scan done like you say the the inaccuracy just isn't worth it from my point of view
2: I mean my first introduction was when I was working in the hotel in Whiteley and they used to say you know the little pads you know the little body stat ones you used Mm -hmm. to plug in, yeah put them on um, don't reuse them. I uh, do reuse them, don't get fresh ones every time. So these <laughs> these people would just get these body scans for free again to get them through the door. And then you had to throw away the pads when they're completely bone dry. Ugh. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if you are gonna get one and you have you know, just make sure they're fresh pads. Yeah. Don't go to a hotel in Whiteley. <laughs> 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 I mean, that was about, what, 15 years ago, so yeah. hopefully they've changed, but yeah, that's what I was told today. Should we move on before we get into too much more trouble? Yeah, lost. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Play the jingle. <laughs> <Lastage. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. We'll get on to our main topic of the week, our fan question. Um, this was, uh, well, from a client of Josh's, um, talking Josh. about, it's sorry, Josh. Jeff, yeah. Jeffrey. Jeffrey Duryev, um, talking about weekend eating. <laughs> Take it away, mate.
2: Yeah, so, <clears throat> um, when was it, it was Friday? Um, a little kind of comment. He, he. first of all, loved the podcast. Thanks, thanks. Peter. Excellent. Yeah, was um, straight on that. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for <laughs> the Um Yeah, but the, the question was, um, eating or overeating on the weekend, does that ruin the whole week of... Dieting? Does it ruin his whole kind of progression in terms of strength, uh, fitness, overall health? Um, That was the main question that he posed to us. And that's what he wants. Oh, that's what we're going to discuss there, isn't it?
0: Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I think David, chatting a little bit before we started the podcast, had some thoughts on this just around building the framework of what we're talking about before we go into it too deep.
1: Uh, Yeah. So linking on to last week and talking about defining success, similarly, you need to know the sort of context of of overeating or whatever, changing your eating habits at the weekend versus at the weekday. So what the actual context is of whether it impacts them or not. So for example, weight loss, if someone is overeating, if they're quote-unquote good at the during the week and then at the weekend they say overeat, have some takeaways, go and eat socially with friends and over consume calories at the weekend. Is it an issue? So the answer is always, it depends. So it depends on whether that eating at the weekend has changed your weekly energy balance to be a positive. So you would put on weight again, if someone isn't after weight loss, it isn't an issue. It might actually give you the mental boost from going out to eat socially with friends that you need to then come back and train well during the week the following week. Or it might actually give you the energy your body has been craving because you've been over-dieting during the week, feeling like crap, and then your non-conscious brain says, hmm, this is pretty awful, I'm gonna try and urge you to make the changes at the weekend to rebalance how you feel, therefore, You might then go into the week energised, feeling ready to train again, so it always depends on the context of what the goal is, and then manipulating skills and methods to accomplish your goal if the weekend eating is an issue, but it might not, it just depends on the context.
0: Yeah, I'd say, I was just thinking as you were saying that, I was listening as well, but yeah, Um, (laughs) I was just thinking, even across the three of us, I would hedge a bet that all three of us have a higher calorie intake over the weekend than we do during the week for various different reasons. Like you say, the context of it is important. Um, I'd say I probably eat more, well, I do eat more calories at the weekend because my training volume is higher. Um, and so it's as an aside to fueling a session or a performance session. Um, and I'd say without speaking to you, like you said about last weekend about the Domino's pizzas and stuff, it gives you that degree of flexibility. And it's a little bit like we're building up towards Christmas now when people try and diet during December, I always just think it's a, not a great idea because the whole rest of the world is eating and being social um and similarly on the weekend I think trying to go too hard on the weekend it's about knowing what kind of situation you're going to be in because generally social events are going to be Fridays and Saturdays and things like that um so actually managing a little bit around that is important um and giving you that potential psychological freedom and flexibility around it um so similarly for you I guess mate eating out on weekends and things like that Say generally, calories probably going to be a little bit higher
2: during yeah. the weekend than yeah. Especially if we've got loads of DIY to do. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah,
0: fueling cool. performance exactly. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> got to get that cutting in right, otherwise Haley's going to have me. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say the context there, like David was saying, it's goal and time dependent, and it's it can be um, more important if the goal is. Particularly time restricted, mm-hmm. and particularly, um, I'll say extreme. I don't mean that in the sense of extreme dieting, but you know, if you've got an X amount of weight to lose in a certain amount of weeks, and it is specific to that point in time, then yeah, you're going to have to be a little bit more focused around the weekend than someone that say, "I'm just trying to lose weight. I just want to drop a little bit of weight over." timeframes not so important. I've got this coming up, I've got that coming up and you can work around that. So for us looking at it as a as a trainer, if someone's um, come in and they've got a real specific time frame, then yes, we might have to work a little bit tighter around the weekends. If someone's got a much longer time frame, or indeed it's, you know, their goal is building muscle or performance or whatever it might be, there might be a bit more flexibility to be had there. Um, so the context of it's really important Uh, both time and goal dependent. Um, So I think that's kind of covering around, you know, is it a potential issue? That's the first one to look at measuring success. Well, it's dependent on what your success is. You know, people might think, oh, I'm overeating at the weekend. It might in context not really matter, dependent on your goal. And you're just giving yourself a headache that doesn't need to be there. Um, And it's part of the reason why when we do kind of our, check-ins and stuff with people generally if it's you know we're looking at weight loss where the weekends may have to be a bit more dialed um we'll look at overall context averages through a week and a month rather than just specifically day on day because uh, i think it's really easy to spin your wheels that way constantly telling yourself oh, i'm mm. doing this i'm doing this and it's negative to my goal we need to look at first is it negative to your goal um but yeah i think once we've gone beyond that barrier I guess it's work around so for you guys like when you're coaching someone how do you work around it?
2: I think not putting too much in in the initial is not stressing it too much I think working with someone especially in the close nature that we do it's very key to for me having that flexibility and working with their goals and like you say that time frame's key if we've got it a 16 week window or you know 60 it's gonna be more linear isn't it yeah it's gonna have that approach and kind of not to I don't want to say like stigmatize uh, the food that they eat on the weekend or the alcohol they drink Um, because I think that could possibly make it worse but having that um, yeah what are you doing Um, but yeah having that level of um, flexibility and um, communication with you know, both parties from the client and the trainer to be open and have that channel really clear and, uh well, not not judgmental, I yeah. think. For, for me, that's what I start with.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think an overview of it's important as well, is um this is where like a little plug for, again, it's dependent on the individual, but when we're getting people to keep a food diary, take pictures of food or track calories, whatever it might be, Again, it works for certain clients, not for others. But I think that can often help give you a little bit of an overview of the situation. And quite often, if we get a client to keep a food diary, they'll come back and be like, oh, yeah, I need to change this, this and this. And some of that might be around weekend eating. Some of that, they might surprise themselves actually on the weekend with less structure. Some people end up eating less because... They don't have breakfast in the morning, they don't have snacks in the office, they don't have lunch at the office and then they don't eat an evening meal. They just go to like getting up a bit later, have a bit of a brunch and then have an evening meal. And even if it's a takeaway or something like that, it might not exceed their calories. Mm. Um, So first off, addressing and looking at that overview, um, kind of where you're coming from on that, that angle. Yeah, I think especially
1: time dependent has a big impact on it. So when I see a lot of social media things talking about, oh, you shouldn't tell people that they need to earn. You don't need to earn your food and your calories. Mm. Whereas technically, if you have an actual time frame, then you, you do. Not as a, as a, in a moral sense, but just like if you need to save money there is an objective level of restricting and cutting back on things yeah. to allow that, the numbers to balance out. Whereas if you don't have a time frame and you're just trying to improve your health and that might include a little bit of body fat loss over the long term, then you can manipulate methods over the long term rather than having an extreme need for it now. It's building skills to work around Anything negatively impacting your results, and time frame is hugely important for that because the time it takes to actually build a skill and a behavior is a lot slower than people tend to think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if weekend eating is an issue, then it's it's working on actual lifestyle behavioral skills, changing mindset. Changing the environment to help you with those behavioral changes. All of this takes a bit of time talking with a client, then getting feedback, then readjusting something small, deciding whether it works or not. So all of this is a slower process than people think. But at the same time, once you've learned these skills, it's going to be with you forever you will always be able to learn how to manage your weekend eating rather than, oh, I can only do it now. And then all of a sudden, food Mm. doesn't really change. You don't really (coughs) change too Mm. much. So it's sort of building skills for life rather than building skills for six weeks and then you go back to normal Mm. and people say, oh, your diet failed because it didn't work in the long term.
2: Yeah,
0: I think that encompasses a lot of people that know when you talk to people that are trying to diet and they're like oh i have this friend that can eat whatever they want but they get away with it and i think an awful lot of the time they just tend to be those people that either from childhood or from a long period of time just have that natural inset sorry not natural that adapted inset balance Mm. of i've been out and eating a burger last night so i won't eat too much the next day they don't even have to consciously think about that they just do it naturally and those sort of people that you say yeah oh they eat cake in the office and then they're fine they probably do natural adjustments um, by eating a little bit less the next day moving a little bit more all of that kind of stuff so i think that is really important down the line talking a little bit if we go specifically on to because i think like we said before we've given quite a bit of context but a lot of this is going to be people wanting to lose weight um people that are specifically looking at, you know, improving health and, and diet. Um, what are some of the methods potentially that people can adapt and use to manage weekend eating? And weekend eating can also go out to just general social occasion eating, Christmas eating, that kind of stuff. Um, what's <laughs> What's something you'd use or some of the methods that you use with people?
1: I might jump in on health to start just yeah. because especially talking about it last week <clears throat> health is a lot more than just your body fat percentage and so actually it might be a case of working with a client to work on their mindset around defining health better mm. if someone identifies health as weight loss and their body fat then overeating at the weekend might negatively impact their health the mental health and their social health more than just a little bit of physical health from overeating Mm. and that might actually have a bigger impact than the overeating and so it's actually working on a mindset talking with people trying to understand where these behaviors and thoughts come from and then trying to work on changing them actually dialing in and digging a bit deeper of why they think it how it's not true picking them up on negative self-talk about that eating and whether the actual overeating at the weekend is because they need it. And so especially talking about, say, social health, if someone has a very isolated work week, and then at the weekend that's their chance to be social, most of the time that does come with food and drink. It just tends Mm -hmm. to be a natural uh, behavior And therefore that actually that social health at the weekend is more important than the physical health and the slight overeating at the weekend, which again, working with a client, you can say at the moment is more important than your weight loss
2: Mm.
1: or similarly talking about mental health rather than just physical health, if you are highly restricting during the week and you are a foodie, then restricting so much during the week might have a negative impact on the way you think, um, just generally as well as about yourself, and therefore then at the weekend you relax the rules a little bit and if you find yourself wanting more delicious, tasty foods, it's probably for a reason and that reason could be over restricting during the week. So when thinking about health, it's the big picture of health and quality of life like we mentioned last week, rather than just isolating overeating Mm. at the weekend to be about calories Mm. if it makes you actually feel better outside of the the mindset that you put on it if it actually improves your social health and the way you think at the weekend it's probably more important than a few extra calories at the weekend versus during the week so it's really working with clients on changing their mindset and having a better more balanced view of health rather than just calories and body fat.
2: I really agree. Really agree. I mean, H, my other half works from home every week and it's having that kind of, you know, you can see she's going out, for example, tonight to the pub quiz and, um, you know, she's, yeah, she's only going to have Diet Coke, but you can all, already see that, you know, obviously you look forward to it because it's on the social calendar, but that interaction with people is so so key um, from people working from home. So yeah, really mm. good with that,
0: yeah. And then it's difficult. So managing the eating side of that, I think it's important as a trainer, as a coach, not to push people towards that kind of classic restrict and binge cycle yeah. that can happen. Um, And a lot of that from the outset, from our point of view, is how you manage that. So if you've got someone specifically that enjoys their social weekends, enjoys that kind of flexibility, um, you might not impose that on them, but you might give a methodology around that on how they can deal with that. So I guess you're kind of taking the strain away from them taking the thought away from them Mm. and going don't worry this is in hand that you you can you have that degree of flexibility on the weekend or the social occasion but we're still moving towards our physical fitness related goal yeah um that might be for us you know a couple of clients that i work with specifically on giving them uh they track for example they track calories Mm. giving them freedom and flexibility on a couple of days when they want to use that, if something pops up, that they have more freedom around their food tracking. Um, and so they don't feel necessarily a psychological that they're being restricted the whole time. Um, Cause I think that happens an awful lot of the time as well with people is that they feel super restricted. I've been eaten really well during this time, but then ended up overeating um, towards their goal on the weekend or on a social occasion. And then it really spins your wheels and can turn you into a bit of a um a, a psychological kind of down spiral mm-hmm. um, because you feel like you're working really hard. You feel like you're being super restrictive. And then this stuff where you're, you know, having a big takeaway, going out for a big meal, whatever it might be, um, is undoing a lot of that hard work. <clears throat> And so you then end up resenting as well that eating pattern, that social occasion, whatever it might be, or you put stress around that social occasion. So I think a lot of it from our point of view is taking that stress away from it and taking the thought process away from it. In we manage behind the scenes, you know, we have a, a rough spe- a rough goal for someone um, from their eating, from their nutrition, and that can be anything from number of, Vegetables they eat in a day or protein target hit down to calories and macronutrients, depending when they are on a scale similar to what you do with exercise on if we we've hit x y and z target or pills. yeah during the week, then we have that amount of flexibility don't worry about the meal out you're di- that you've yeah. got or the pub quiz that you 've got this evening, everything else is taken care of, and so that might look like um having a number in mind that might be putting them in a calorie deficit, essentially losing weight, losing body fat, hopefully. Um, Managing that going a little bit, only slightly lower during the week to manage calories around the weekend so you can still keep someone in a deficit overall for the week, but it doesn't have to be a deficit every single day of the week. Mm. You can push someone into a surplus or up towards a maintenance amount of calories. This doesn't necessarily need to be tracked and maintenance amount of food, um, on certain days, but still have a net, um, negative throughout the whole week or throughout the month, which is going to push them towards their goals as well as give them that psychological freedom, social freedom to not be the person ordering a side salad and a glass of water when they go out with friends. (laughs) Um, And you can do that as an individual, you can do that on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, or even a daily sort of basis. Um, So whether that's, I know I'm going out for this meal in the evening, I'm going to focus on what I can manage, which may be the breakfast or the lunch Mm. through the day. And then I go out in the evening and I know I've got that degree of flexibility because I've hit my other targets through the day. I've got my vegetables in, I've got my protein in, and then I don't have to stress. I don't have to be counting the calories when I go out in the evening, or it can be through the week of, I know every Friday we go to the pub after work, um, and that turns into quite a few drinks. And then I have such and such a breakfast in the morning. Yes, you might want to look long-term deeply at. Is that challenging your goals? Is it challenging you psychologically from a health point of view as well, specific to the physical weight loss side of things that it might be for someone? It's okay, how do we go about managing the rest of your week so that that doesn't become an issue? Um, And again, not that it becomes a restrictive, super restrictive during the week and then a binge on that Friday, because I think it's important not to you know the old school adage of "Oh yeah, you eat six days clean and have a cheat meal, uh, or a cheat day, or whatever it might be." Dwayne the Rock, yeah, the, the Brian done. Butterfield diet on YouTube as well, just sixteen pancakes, yeah. <laughs> which is a guy eating—he's eating like a a cornflake and a side of water, like every day of the week, and then just has a buffet at the weekend. Um, so yeah, it's managing that from our side of our side of things and taking as much stress away from the client as we can do yeah i think similarly when we get we've got we touched on it the lead up to christmas i think a lot of people or a lot of clients we see get to first of december and go woo, it's christmas and then they don't come back until come january back from 5th. a yeah exactly yeah. come back from a mental headspace point of view until january the fifth whereas actually if you look through december and go okay i've got Christmas Day, Boxing Day, I've got New Year's Day and Eve and a couple of family meals.
2: Baja, 10th of December. 10th of
0: December. Bug. That might that might correlate to seven days in a month, which is manageable every other time of the year. So it doesn't need to be a complete switch off. Yeah. Coming back in on January the 5th and going, oh, I put on a stone over Christmas, it's like, well, cause Christmas started on the 1st of December and finished on the 5th of January. <laughs> it wasn't that one day. Um, and then yeah, it can lead to, I always think that the people that are like super restrictive on Christmas day or people that gym or whatever on Christmas day are like, oh, you're not doing a workout on Christmas day. I find that's a bit of like um, a showy sort of thing of I train on Christmas day. And generally if you've taken care of the rest of the year then it doesn't become an issue. Mm. Similarly, like talking about last week, those will be the
1: high performing people Mm -hmm. versus someone just looking for their health. So it's important to distinguish someone who says that and don't take it personally. If you're just after health and they're a fitness model, Mm -hmm. they have to do things like that to get to their high level of performance. Whereas Mm -hmm. for health, there's no, no. No need. <laughs> whatsoever I'd argue to have even behaviors though, like
0: that. Even from the high performance point of view, I still think you you'd be fine. I think it's a mindset thing around more than the actual um, physical of what you're going to eat or what you might not do in terms of training. I think it's far more a psychological mindset, isn't it? For a lot of people, of oh, I trained on Christmas Day or. I didn't eat any stuffing or roast potatoes on Christmas Day. <laughs> Just had dry turkey without the skin. <laughs> <laughs> Blended. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess like dialing in specifically on the managing for you know ninety percent of our clients when they're talking about weekend eating and things like that is is how do we manage it? What are the some of the methods that you guys use with clients? To work around it,
2: I mean, there's quite a few that people research themselves that you can, uh, I don't, not lead away, but there's quite a few that have been used and are in the social media uh, spotlight. Sometimes keto and intermittent, like you said about intermittent fasting, all those methods that do generally work for a lot of people. It's just, you know different horses different courses kind of thing what works well for people's time frame um and something that i i normally do uh, myself is not skip breakfast but just push it back later so intermittent fasting for me works pretty well and people that um or parents that i train have always said that works be- better for them they can have their their breakfast pushed back to 11 or, or 12 and therefore when they eat or dish up dinner for the kids they can have dinner with them and it works well for them their balance of energies met and their macros are hit and generally just doesn't stress them out because i know firsthand getting two kids out the door by 8:45 and trying to get everyone's breakfast lunch and kind of snack sorted can be a bit tough to um well do mm. so yeah.
0: I think a lot of the time with that as well it's just um similarly when people go out on the weekends it's like questioning whether you're actually hungry or it's just yeah. uh i eat because it's x Board. time in the morning or i'm yeah. bored or anything like that and giving that little time gap of thing i know people use all t- sorts of psychology of like oh if you feel like you want to eat something, have a glass of water or go and brush your teeth or yeah. whatever it might be. I'm not not cream. potentially talking <laughs> to that extreme. But I say the same to people when they go out for weekend meals and they're like, oh, I'm going out for dinner. And going out for dinner doesn't necessarily have to be, and this is just about questioning, like David was saying earlier, some of your thought process around it sometimes going out for dinner and it can mean this, but it doesn't have to mean three courses, a load of drinks and mm. half a bottle of wine when I get home or whatever it might be. Yeah. You can go, oh, you know, I'll have the starter and the main, I look through a dessert menu, oh, there's nothing I really fancy versus, oh, I'll just have that because I'm out and I'll yeah. have a dessert. It's gotta be a fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like that. Yeah. Always that is like, if you look through the menu and there's a few rubbishy things, rather than just saying, all right, so yes, I'm having a dessert. Look, look through the menu and being like, it's got to be a fuck yes. I love that dessert, and this is the only time out that I get to eat it.
1: Thank you, Mark Manson. Yeah, <laughs> it's like if it's if it's not a if it's not a fuck yeah, then it's a no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. And I think just questioning that a little bit. And speaking, I know a couple of clients that come to mind straight away with that. That it used to be every meal they went to was three courses and drinks and stuff like that. It doesn't have to be that. it's not a question of being boring of oh i'm skipping on pudding it's just making a reasonable adult decision when you're there of like i'm not really hungry like not being a kid in a sweet shop and going i want that i want that dessert i want this and similarly like you're saying with the the parents is just pushing back that one it gives you the flexibility if you don't have to think about that yeah a bit like steve jobs putting jeans in a polo neck shirt on every single day so he takes out the brain fog in the morning Mm. he just puts it on and goes if you're not having to eat breakfast at that time just because you think you're hungry or it's the normal time that you do um it can actually give you a bit of thought as to what you are going to eat when it comes around to 11 or 12 or whatever it might be midday um, later in the day
1: Mm. yeah after sort of mindset i'd say one of the simplest things to to use as a workaround is changing the environment. Um, So for example, at the weekend, if you have lots of tasty, delicious treats in the house, then if it's an option, when you get hungry, you're probably gonna choose to go for those rather than make a meal. Whereas if they're not in the house and you have to actually think, oh, I could either make myself a meal or go to the shops and get something. And normally in that time it's a yeah oh, fine i'll use my energy to make a meal yeah. um but again it's it's context dependent if you have kids then it's probably important to have a few things around the house as snacks whereas if you are living on your own then the advice would be a bit different so the workarounds especially for environment are again context dependent on who are you looking after? Mm. Are your is your goal an isolated goal for yourself, or do you have to manage it around other people's behaviours and lives, such as mm. kids, partners, etc.? Yeah, et
2: yeah I, I touching on the whole sweet or good things for kids. Or um, just want to shout out my sister that I just sent over about I don't know hundred dollars worth of uh, candy for mm. the kids. And um, fuck me, there's loads, there's absolutely loads, and Chugger. Yeah, I don't like jelly beans. I don't know if anyone wants them, but yeah, they are too sugary for me. But yeah, tons of um, M&M cookies. Oh, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, trying to manage that um, was, well, not a challenge, but yeah, I can definitely can see where you're getting with that one. It's that, have it in there, but yeah, don't indulge too much.
0: I do that, I'd say, virtually every weekend if I do like a food shop is go around the supermarket and think, oh, I'll get a bar of chocolate or I'll get a beer or whatever it might be for later. <laughs> and generally I'll leave it and then just get the normal shop. And then if I still really fancy it, I have to go out again and get it. Rather than, it just gives that little barrier to it. So rather than it rather just being the first in
2: the cupboard. thing you go in and go, I want some peanut M&Ms. <clears throat> You're going to go, oh, I might get them. or Yeah, like at the end of it.
0: I did it the other day saturday or sunday whenever it was went food shopping picked up a bar of chocolate and then i was like no nah, i'll leave it if i still fancy it later in the evening after dinner or whatever it might be it means i have to go back out and get it it gives for me it just gives another little barrier to yeah. a bit of thought it's not about being restrictive it's just it gives me that time to think of it rather than just grabbing it and going it's like a pause
1: choice yeah yeah for sure because if it is a fuck yeah you would go out and get yeah, it. yeah yeah exactly yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah exactly um so i think there's quite a bit of that i think there's a lot of that over weekend and christmas and stuff definitely yeah. you get that it's december let's see it's friday night let's see and what can happen and this is comes ties back to part of the overview thing you know if you go through your year i think it's very easy to, I don't to sound this too harsh or judgmental but give yourself an excuse every single weekend of Mm. it's so-and-so's birthday, it's a social occasion, the World Cup's on, this football was on, mm. the Wimbledon was on, whatever it might be, I, friends were having a barbecue, friends were having a leaving drinks. Yeah. How many times does that happen through the year? And it becomes super, super easy to roll over every weekend and be like, oh, well, this was on, so I did this, but I'll start again on Monday. And then you get round to the next weekend and it's like oh yeah but the football was on and I went to this or oh we went out with the kids or did this or did, oh, did that
1: one year old's birthday and
0: they can't eat cake yeah so eat yeah cake. exactly mm. <laughs> I think that's su- <laughs> super easy for it to like roll How over you know? yeah, yeah super easy like it. yeah I wasn't even invited <laughs> yeah oh my my sister sent over a hundred dollars of sweets and now I've kids, written off the money <laughs> the kids didn't see them <laughs> Um, but it is really easy, and that's why I think the stopping question sometimes is quite is actually really really yeah. um, crucial, uh, and can be quite Im- impactful behavior to learn. Yeah. Rather than just going, um, oh, it's a party, it's a this, it's a that, it's a rockin' peak social. So I've got to go and eat a load of food <laughs> and, <laughs> three and do this, yeah, <laughs> do this every weekend, um, because stuff does crop up all yeah. the time. And probably if you looked at it over the year far more than you realized, it's quite easy sometimes, you know, you get to the end of the month with people or the end of whatever a block of time and they're going, oh, I haven't seen the results as much as I have. And that's part of the tracking. I I don't mean tracking just from a calories point of view. Mm. I just mean in general of keeping a little bit of a diary or a mental note, whatever it might be. And you look back through the month and you go, yeah, well, you had this, you had Friend's birthday. You're away here for the long weekend. You had a oh, work's leaving due, and all of that suddenly piles up, and actually consistency's kind of gone out the window. Mm. Um, and actually, being able to lay it out to someone like that, it's not about calling them out. It's just giving a bit of context of because coming back to that, going into a downward spiral, it gives a bit of context to like, oh no, I can be a bit more consistent because I think that's what I see with some people sometimes is I've tried everything and now I'm at this point and actually if you just give a bit of overview 95% of people we see it's just fairly solid basic information that you're giving them um, and it they've they've just got caught up in that feel like they're trying everything but if you look at the overview of their life or their eating or their training or whatever it might be, it's just coming down to a bit of consistency. Yeah. Um and Doing laying that out in front of someone for sure.
1: I do think asking yourself some like you say about giving yourself accountability, I do think it, it it can be tough and not so nice. But asking yourself honestly why you are eating, I think can be a good thing to mm. understand. Sometimes it's not nice trying to understand it, but whether you are overeating at the weekend, again, because like we mentioned earlier, because of social reasons, because of mental reasons, because of physical restriction um, reasons, because of boredom, because you need a distraction, because you need something comforting, because Mm. it could even be, again, it's harsh, but some people overeat because they're lonely. So it's really, sort of having a good hard look at yourself and your life and trying to understand why you are eating will just help give a bit of understanding. And then if you have a bit of understanding, it's easier to to make some changes. Oh, actually, I want this chocolate, like Rich was saying, just because it's there. It's the first Mm. thing you've seen when you've gone in shopping and actually you've gone in shopping whilst hungry. And so it's actually just your physical hunger wanting that, Chocolate bar rather than anything else, and then you give yourself a bit of a just a quick self chat of if I still want this later, I'll have it, but it's just because I'm hungry now and it's the first thing the supermarket has had. Yeah, plastered at the front of the store.
2: They're really good at marketing, aren't they? Mm. Mm.
0: It's one of the beauties (coughs) and the downfalls of fitness. I think that on paper it is all quite um, linear and mathematical and numbers based but when you tie in human emotion and marketing and everything else around it, it becomes a lot more complicated, but mm. it does mean that you can correlate a lot of the, the numbers or the behaviors to a specific outcome. And so very often, like you say, if you do do your own little bit of auditing or troubleshooting, you'll find a reason quite quickly. I think it's very, it's quite rare that it's more complicated than that. Um, But it just does take a little bit of a, yeah, maybe a tough question and answer (laughs) session with yourself, as it were, um, to figure that out.
1: One of the things, I can't remember where I heard it now, but like when people fall into a bit of a negative cycle, it can be, oh, I've achieved my goals during the week. It's a positive. Yeah. I'm going to treat myself because I've succeeded during the week. I'm going to treat myself to a reward, which might be, food, takeaway, a social meal, an extra drink, etc. Um, and then that can lead to, and keep you in the negative cycle. Whereas something I liked, I really can't remember where I heard it now, but whenever you feel you need to give yourself a reward, try and plan something that you can still reward yourself, but that reward actually then makes it easier to continue your goal. For example, if if it is, let's say physical health or weight loss, then actually the reward isn't a meal or a nice tasty food, but it's a better kitchen appliance that then helps you stay on track for the next week. You still feel good every time you see that, I don't know, blender, <laughs> something kitchen appliance. I can't actually think Air of anything fry. now. Air
2: fryer. I've heard they're really good. I don't know.
1: Something, don't know. Something that makes it easier to continue eating well and stay on track so then you actually get a positive feedback loop of continuously doing well you continue to reward yourself with something that then makes it easier and yes it requires a bit of chit chat but this can be something that we sort of work with clients to help give them the rewards that then positively help them continue that cycle and then they get another reward, which then helps them make it easier and then you're actually in a cycle that makes it easier to maintain over the long term rather than always fighting a tidal wave at the weekend of fuck, I just want to eat, but I
0: can't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. I think we're I think we're good there. I yeah. think we've covered we've given a lot of context, we've given a few of the methods that we might use with clients, um, you know, about managing eating on that day or during that week, um, managing the psychology around it, why you're doing it, and actually questioning you know is it positively or negatively affecting my goals so first off do I need to address it and then if you do need to address it how you go about doing that and potentially what are some of the methods that you might use to um, work that through I think a lot of the time having isn't necessarily need to be a coach um, obviously we're always going to say that it does help to have a coach um, but Someone to kind of give you a bit of a bird's eye view of what's going on. That can be yourself of laying it out, Um but giving a bit of a bird's eye view and some context, I think, is really important.
1: We give a good unbiased account rather than yeah. so we can take away the emotion from for sure from their behaviours.
0: Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Anything else to add? Any other business? Oh, good. Red spider Red climbing s- at the weekend. Oh yeah. Josh, you're fighting Sunday, fit. fun
2: day. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be, uh, upper body's uh, strong as ever. Yeah, calves. Yeah, uh, they're as strong as ever. Aerobic capacity
0: is <laughs> right up there. Be at it all day. Just get, try and take me off the wall. <laughs> yeah. Come down. Come down. No. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, that is everything from us, guys. As you said earlier, thank you very much um, to Ben for getting a client question in. But yeah, anyone else that wants to add something via Instagram getting in contact through any of our social media platforms messaging us or indeed asking us in the studio topics that you want us to cover um then just let us know and we can drivel on for nearly an hour about it like we've just done there yeah (laughs) (laughs) more myths to be busted yeah we've got a whole line of them yeah if we're still here next week and we don't get paint bombed by like local Hotels, PTs, or <laughs> <laughs> Hotels and decks well. whoever else we've just thrown <laughs> under the bus. Excellent. Have a good week. Take it easy.